This is SMQB's episode 39. It's time for the NFL Week 8. Paul Krause takeaways are Week 9. Plaxico Burst locked up picks. One of the guys is distancing himself from the field. We do NBA preview, talk about everything that's going to happen this year. We get into the World Series, cover a little bit of what's happened, and talk about who's going to come out on top. And then, of course, we have our punchable face of the week and a Ted Lasso worth listening to. Check it out. Enjoy it. Have fun. Give us five-star review. Thanks. SMQBs, this is episode 39. Um, some tried to outgame the system here today, so there's been retribution. So at the uh, time of his retirement, he was the oldest active goalie in the NHL and the second oldest active player in the league. He announced his retirement, and eight months later, he came made a comeback with a team in the Czech Republic. Larry Zonka. No. <laughs> Good one. Oh, wait. I know who this is. Um, he won the Hart Trophy twice. Wow. Becoming the first. Wait, the first wait, wait. What was the, what was, the, what was the Eastern Bloc team you said he played for? It was a team in the, it was the Czech Extra Liga. I, I know this one too. Dominic, Dominic Hasek. Hasek. Good one. Oh, Good one. Number 39. Rooster. Dominic Hasek. Yeah, bro. Good one, bro. Had a uh, unique uh, approach to playing goalie known as the flop, the flop method, apparently. That's he also used to do a hack a stick. He like whacked people with his stick. Yes, he did. He did. Um, so yeah, that's uh that's your number 39. Um House, I have a serious question, though. I'm sure it's serious. I mean, how do you score 44 points in a game and have your quarterback throw for 103 yards? Oh. <laughs> we, because <laughs> normally, normally we run the ball two times a game. We finally ran the ball. 50 times a game for 250 yards. And we beat the cannibals, the Detroit cannibals. And and the quarterback well, had a hundred of those yards. Well, as we discussed, maybe not the best test of your, of your <laughs> running game is the Detroit lions. But Are your teams playing the Detroit lions this year, you guys? No. Uh, and I'm really God, mad about so. it. I hope so. Perhaps it's, it's quite the pick me up, isn't it? It's Perhaps. so good. Perhaps you consider running the ball a little bit more since the yes. quarterback is safest for you when he's running and not throwing. Did Miles sure. Sanders score hey, yesterday? Speaking of he's running right. the ball, I can't believe we didn't at least mention Larry Zonka for episode 39. The human I did. Ball. I was at, I was yeah, at nice. the famous fumble game at, at the Meadowlands where Pasarczyk handed off to Zonka on the one. Zonka fumbled it. Against the Eagles and Herm Edwards returned it 99 yards for a touchdown. I was at that game as a kid. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. That's lore. That is lore. Freezing my ass off, hating every minute of that. What was that, 1956? No, no. Right before he shipped out. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> we're going to cover uh, today. We're going to cover to this, Korea. The, how, the, how the Super Bowl <laughs> champions are doing, right? We're going to cover how the Super Bowl champions are doing. Uh, nope. Let's not. Rot row. <laughs> let's uh, rot row. We, do we have to? Yeah, I mean, we you weren't going to go 16 and one. <sighs> yesterday apparently, was horrible, by the way. Apparently, I mean, Brady didn't have his muslicks yesterday. Well, look. <laughs> The fact that we were six and one without any, we don't have a starting cornerback. Oh, here we go. Hold on. No starting cornerback playing in the game. We've got backups in there. It was shocking we were six and one. Is it your backup cornerbacks that were throwing those picks? uh, No, it wasn't. But it wasn't Brady's fault we lost that game. It was the 50,000 penalties that we had. Some of the work oh. and the ref, the, the officiating yesterday was horrible. What about not I mean, the game either? I mean, injury or not, isn't it your defense's fault? I mean, who who was playing quarterback? Trevor Simeon. Yeah, I mean, come the on, the Northwestern you to, great. You got to be able to stop that guy, right? <laughs> he couldn't even catch on with the Dude, Broncos, right? No, uh, he threw a horrible interception that was called back by a terrible, unnecessary roughness penalty. And by the way, the refs screwed the uh, Bengals over too. Sorry, Nace, for your oh, loss in that game. I can't believe you brought it up first because that's oh, your God. fault that I took them. Shouldn't have wait. Been I, don't wanna, position, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to leave the Bucks yet because this is an opportunity for all of our fans to follow us on Facebook so they can see our pictures and what we look like. Because there is a picture behind Patrick Meichler, which I hope that you'll describe for our audience in case they don't see the picture. Cause it seems like you're upset about something. Yeah. So um, if you can't see the picture, it's Jameis Winston after the game, after he tore his ACL with crutches on dancing and they seem to, did they bring smoke effects into the locker room? <laughs> they literally did a little dry <laughs> ice. There was dry ice, something they did. Like, or they're, li- or they're lighting a slippery <laughs> or they're lighting up in celebration. I, I, you know, it's, this is gonch. Hey, this is what the Saints do. The Saints beat the Bucks every year in the regular season, sometimes twice in the regular season. But the regular season doesn't count. The playoffs count. So why? we'll see them in a few weeks. Why right. is he? Why is he dancing? I don't punches? know. <laughs> I'm just happy for he's happy for his team that he's, they won. He's a consummate teammate. I, I think that's yeah. good. No, no, he's not. This is terrible. This <laughs> this is why this guy with all the talent in the world hasn't succeeded he finally gets to a spot where he where he seems like he's he's kind of learned a little bit about how to be a professional following drew Brees all last year and that was the the talk i mean he was actually having an okay season he was you know he was doing all right he wasn't not letting him throw the ball well whatever but still he sees arguably his most productive professional season sure yes you know, he at that point he doesn't know what the injury is, but it's got to be flashing before his eyes that his season's over, and he's dancing in the locker room. I mean, but what see what you don't see in the picture is there were free crab legs brought into the oh locker. Room. Oh, <laughs> nice rooster! Yes, uh, that now it all it's all coming together now. Now it makes yeah. sense. Mm. It makes sense now. Look, final comment on the Bucks. Someone will have to pay for that loss yesterday, and it will be the Washington football team in two weeks. Yeah, I heard that you guys were early lock. The the, the (laughs) word is that you were looking ahead to the Washington game. People are lining up up to bet on the uh, Washington football team right now. Might might be the the only team 
only team to look forward to the Washington game, like you know, you know as a distraction. But uh, that's the word on the street. Uh, horrible interception in the game by Brady. I will say that uh, very uncharacteristic. Milk, you guys have a buy to get ready for the Washington football team. Thank God, because we're we're getting one of our corners back. Is that I mean, a, is that a thing this year that the buy that both teams have a buy when they play each other? Is that a, is that always set up that way? Because we're on a buy too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cowboys and Vikings were both off a of off a of buy, but I don't really? see how you. Can I don't think the pa- no, the, the Patriots were not off a of buy, but yeah. the Chargers were. This week, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, but, you know, I I heard from uh, one of our fans. Uh, Bruce Plaxon, who's a Ravens fan, who claims that I think this is true, that the Ravens are playing the Steelers and then one of those two teams has a bye and then the next game is the Ravens Steelers. So one of those teams actually is playing each other back to back. Now, that's, that's true. A, I, that is true. Yeah, that's a schedule. No, that's screw terrible. Up. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a schedule. Terrible. Screw up. Yeah. yeah. But, Befitting uh, of the uh, AFC North, though, the most schizophrenic division in all of football right now. Well, I guess we're full on into our takeaways at this point. So, uh, you know, Rooster, what are your takeaways from this week? Well, aside from what I just said, which is you can never predict who's hot in the AFC North because the next game they're going to suck. Um, my takeaway right now is. Mediocre teams stick with mediocre coaches way too long in the NFL, and it really shows. And and you can give examples of whole divisions. This time, I'm going to start with the NFC North. Um, The Ford family should have listened to us when we did our (laughs) first football pod this season. And right <laughs> after Dan Campbell's, conference? yeah, right after Dan Campbell's first press press That's conference, right. and we did said, we punch him in the face? Joke, we punched him in the face and said he was going to be a terrible coach. Yeah. And we kicked him in the ball. And now well. look, you know, the lie downs are now zero and eight, and he is a terrible coach. And if you don't believe me, just listen to him in every post game press conference. He says he's terrible, essentially. Uh, Jared, um, I mean, and look at the game against the Eagles. You, you, I'm sure we're watching this live. Toby, but um, the, the end of the first half is coming up. I think it was the first half. They're four, the, the Lions are fourth and one with time running out on the clock. Yep. And Campbell decides to go for the first down. He's far, they're far enough out so that even if they made the first down, the next play would have been a field goal. They were down 17 nothing. They needed anything. They just they needed, needed any anything. Points. They just needed yep. points. He goes yep. for the first down. Doesn't get it, and the clock runs out. They go into the oh. locker room with no points instead of kicking a field goal on fourth down. He, uh. he he basically tried to gain one extra yard and blew it. That's terrible, Wait, terrible. Uh, Washington football kicker blew it. <laughs> he blew, <laughs> blew it. it, and and you know, blew but it. but my God, he's tough. He tells his guys to bite kneecaps. He should be fired right now. What what harm will come to the Lions that hasn't already? occurred this season if they fire him right now because he is right off what are they gonna they're gonna lose 45 to 6 next week right. instead of 44 Stick, to 6 sticking with the nfc north can somebody tell me why the vikings continue to employ mike zimmer who has a oh. basically a 500 winning percentage over the course of his nfl career the guy has 90 million dollar kirk cousins he's got dalvin cook who might be the best running back in all the football he's got the, the rookie of the year from last year, Jefferson, at, who's just a phenomenal wide receiver. Last year, they had Stefan Diggs. They've had Thielen, and they score 16 points 
in a game against Dallas who had Cooper Rush starting for them at quarterback. I mean, give me a fucking break. Were you That's saying Kirk Dallas's Cousins? defense is better this year? Yeah, Were but you the Vikings Kirk Cousins was a benefit to him. The Vikings should be way better than they are. Their fans are starting to abandon ship like like the Washington football team fans. And they just need a better, better coach. And the and then in the same division, there's Matt Nagy. But wait, for wait, the, wait, for wait. The Bears. You, I wanna I wanna say before the Vikings, you know, Rooster, I watched a couple, you know, a little bit of that game last night. I was really watching the World Series, but was flipping back and forth. And you're I mean, why they're not giving the ball to Cook two, you know, two out of three snaps right. makes right. no sense. I mean, Cousins is actually having a really good season for them. But Cook, I mean, that guy is a is a beast. I mean, he he moves the ball and they get pass happy. It's just crazy, especially in a game like that where, you know, Dallas shouldn't have been scoring a bunch of points. You, you could feel like you could take your time. You didn't need to put up 40 points in that game throwing all. It was it was a, an abomination watching the play calling. Play calling is terrible. It's terrible every year. I mean, I remember last year, Dalvin Cook had games where he would go off. He scored six touchdowns one game last year. Oh, yeah. I mean, get him the ball in, in uh, you know, in, in wheel routes and screens and runs. And I mean, they just, they're, they're horrible. They're really a poorly coached team. I know he's a good defensive coach. At least that's what people say. Didn't show up yesterday. Um, I think his time has come and he needs to be put out the pasture. And Matt Nagy is just overrated, period. The Bears played better yesterday when Nagy was out with COVID than they've played all year. <laughs> oh man, he needs Ouch. to go. It's a good point. Some of these guys just need to be coordinators yep. and not yeah. be head coaches. I mean, we could talk about NFC East uh, uh, next week. It would be a similar conversation, <laughs> except for you know, I mean, the the Cowboys have an offensive coordinator who's who'll be a good head coach next year somewhere else. So I've got a question for the group. Who are the top two running back in carries in the NFL as of today? Number of carries? Mm-hmm. Number of carries. One, two. What? Can, can it be a quarterback or no? Uh, it's not a quarterback. I can okay. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Number one. That's easy. Who's number two? Mm. Zeke? Zeke? Nope. Joe Mixon. Oh, and here, Joe Mixon. And here's my, right. one of my takeaways. Here's the disparity. Derrick Henry, 219 carries before his last carry of the season, probably. Joe Mixon, 137 carries. Wow. That's an amazing stat. They rode Derrick Henry into the ground. You can only go so far with a running back in the NFL, and I I fear this is a really bad, not necessarily career-ending, but career-changing injury for for King Henry. And... um, you know, you can only go so far. So uh, word to the wise on your running backs. Um, you cannot ride all the way to the Super Bowl on a running back only. Now, well, that, that, was, that was the concern going into the season with him, right? Was was this guy has had too many carries in the last two or three years, whatever it was, and, and he was going to break down. And then he just looked unstoppable, yep. you know, for, you know, third of the way through the season, a little bit more. He, I mean, he really looked just just unbelievable. And it was like, you know, like I was kicking myself, like, why, why did I not take him with the first pick? This guy's unbelievable. Yeah, me too. But, but that was the concern was that he was going to break down and here we are. Well, and we don't even know what his injury is. It's a foot injury unspecified. 
Uh, but he's going to have surgery, and you know most people are saying it's season-ending surgery. So is it a, is it you know just the pounding, a, a stress fracture that resulted in a more serious injury? I mean, we we don't even know. But uh, that's one takeaway. Number two takeaway, and I, I'll take credit for this when I did predict that watch out for the Pats. Big win for the Pats on the road shows that they are legit. Uh, Mac is the real deal. He's a bus driver that Belichick likes. They're coming on strong, and the AFC is so fucking weak right now. Pats could potentially play a big role in who goes uh, into the playoffs and how far they go. Their playoff final, team. final takeaway. Whoa! Here's Whoa. some more stats for you. Yeah. <laughs> who yesterday passed for 405 yards, three touchdowns? White. Michael 37 White. for 45. Oh, Mike White. 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 Yeah. We're gonna do this really? <laughs> Well, what do you mean, really? Are you he not? Then the are you knocking the Bengals out? We were all betting on the Bengals in oh, the well, survivor we'll, pool. We'll talk I had, about that. I later. had the Bengals in four survival survival pools. Yesterday. Well, the well, Bengals are up by eleven in the fourth. That game should have been over. I, but I mean, you got to give props. And then the stats: twenty-four for forty with three hundred twenty-five yards and two touchdowns. Who was that? Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush. So amazing backup quarterback jobs this week. And then Geno Smith continues to uh, do well for Seattle. They destroyed the Jaguars. Um, injuries are going to happen to your quarterbacks. <laughs> the knee jerk reaction. You should have seen the Cowboy text chain when uh, Cooper threw that first interception. They were like, this guy didn't have a fucking clue. He shouldn't even be on an NFL squad. And then of course, That's by true. the you know fourth quarter at the end, they're like, Oh my God, he's the greatest backup ever. You know, we can go with another week or so without Dak. Cooper can do it all. So, you know, look out for the knee jerks on the on the backups. But Zach Wilson um might want to be checking out a new team because because Mike White looks like the real deal in two games. Whoa. So far. No. Whoa. Now they're now now they talk about a, a, talk about a knee jerk. It's a hot sports opinion last, right there. Didn't we say last week we were gonna stop doing that with the overreactions yeah, we were, in the NFL? We should, that, well, What's Jack the fun Wilson in that? Will be on the Toronto Argonauts in four years. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Milk. <laughs> All right. Who's up next? Milk. Milk. What's your takeaway? He, he, well, Pope takeaways. just took it because he did three takeaways, and the third one was mine. So it's <laughs> well, not, we're half an hour on three coaches. To add to the importance of backup quarterbacks, you did conveniently forget Trevor Simeon. Or whatever he had an name. okay game. He drove a bus. Well, but let me tell you something. He he actually had a really good game because every he he did his stat. I know you're a stat guy. He doesn't have the stats, so he's not going to wow you. But I'm telling you, that guy won that football game for them. Every third down, third and long, he had amazing complete, just amazing throws when he had to have them. Absolutely had to have them, and he didn't make any mistakes. He threw one interception that was called back for a bullshit unnecessary roughness. But he didn't turn the ball over. And that was the difference in the in yesterday's game yesterday. So look, you're right. I mean, the importance of a backup quarterback, you, you can't have, can't say it enough, can't stress it enough. Gotta have it. They won four right. games yesterday. Um, I'll go and then we'll leave the last word to uh Bison. I think it's possible we could be in the midst of watching another last dance. I think what Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers did this past week at Arizona, handing the Cardinals their first loss, was way more impressive than people really 
might give them credit for. He was playing with no receivers. I mean, he was playing with like, you know, people from that just came from like the Walmart paint department. They, they were, these were people off the street and Rogers was masterful in that game. Um, and it was, you know, at Arizona, I think, I hope, sorry, Pope, but I think that we could have a collision course for the Packers and the Rams who just got a lot better with an already amazing defense trading to get Von Miller. That That is going to be a scary defense and they have all the, all the tools on offense. So, you know, that'll be fun to watch. But my other takeaway is about that Jets Bengals game. Yes, it is true that we should never isolate a single play or a single flag by a ref that is the difference maker in a game, because you could say lots of things that happened previously to that. But the Jets were on third down on their own side of the field, up by three, and they uh, threw a pass to a running back, and the running back lowered his head into the helmet of a Bengals defender. And there's no question it was a helmet-to-helmet hit. But at a certain point, if the refs are going to throw flags on helmet-to-helmet, they should do it like college. They should go into the replay booth on every single one of those, and they should really look at the offender to decide not only whether or not someone gets thrown out or whatever, but even whether or not a flag is thrown. Because had the refs looked at that play, they would have picked up the flag. They would have seen that it was the Jets player that initiated that call. And I guess Bison could have had a chance at $550,000, and the rest of you would have won your winner's pools and everything else. they got to work on this helmet-to-helmet thing. I do want safety in the game, but the initiator is a real big part of that. Those are my takeaways. Bison, you got the last word. Yeah. Oh, I'm just here for the NBA. (laughs) (laughs) My takeaway – is, is there any other seven and one team that feels like they're like a three and like five team? Like what, what I'm talking about the Packers. Like we don't think about them as this like amazing seven and one team. No, Cause they like, should have lost a couple the Rams, games. The Cardinals. Here are the yeah, better pay attention to the Packers. Yeah. They won that game with Devonte Adams on the bench. Yeah. 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 And Lazard on COVID. They got too. blown out week one and we kind of forgot about him. Well, and we're about to see the cards exposed because I, I think Kyler Murray's going to be out for a while. With what? I hadn't heard that. I know J.J. Watt's out, but what's wrong with Kyler Murray? Oh, he got hurt on the last. He got play. hurt on the on the last. Oh, that's play. right. That's right. Little that's right. little inside scoop. My uh, I have a buddy who's uh, involved in the cards organization and says he's probably three weeks with a high ankle sprain in a boot. Look at this inside mm. info we have. Wow. Nice. Breaking news. Breaking wow. news. Um, SMQs. And, and, and DeAndre Hopkins is hurt every week. Yes. And the my, Titans my, season is over. My takeaway is um, that really my life is better when I'm not that paying, paying much attention to the Washington football team because. How were the wineries yesterday? <laughs> yeah, I was actually <laughs> on a flight yesterday. Um, <laughs> so I did watch because, oh, by the way, I, I will say takeaway. Um, uh, Sunday ticket streams very nicely on a flight. Uh, I was oh, very well, that's impressed nice. With, it did for you with that. Oh. Yeah, it did. Um, I, you know, my takeaway was going to be about the injuries and, and it's been covered a little bit, but God, I mean, you know, we talk about safety in the game. These guys aren't getting paid enough. I mean, they really don't get paid enough money to play this game. It is, 
it's brutal. The injuries that you see uh, week in and week out. I mean, I, this guy, this cornerback for Denver in the, in the Denver Washington game, he was just mm. running down the sideline, you know, covering a guy and broke up a pass play and, and stepped in his, I mean, I swear his leg snapped. I mean, it was, yeah. Yeah. it was disgusting to watch. And, and, I mean, Colts linebacker who intercepted that pass and dropped the ball because his ACL ruptured. Oh, I mean, it's, uh, I gotta tell it. I love football and, and I love watching it. It is getting, there's a lot of like, uh, uh, morality issues at this point for me with the NFL, the league is a mess. They're not taking care of these guys. Um, man, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure what the, what the uh, shelf life is for the NFL at this point. And you got an extra game this year. Bison, I have a yeah. controversial Washington takeaway for you. Chase Young is overrated. Ooh, oh my ooh, God! Wow. Talk amongst yourselves. Oh my God! Now he's back into it. Now he's no way. way. How many sacks does he have? Lit a fire. How many well, sacks does he have this year? I don't know how many he has this year, but he's he's a second year player. Um, he's he's dealing with getting double teamed on just about every single play in the game. Washington, the, the line actually played really well yesterday. They did have, a, I think they had four or five sacks yesterday. I'm not sure if Young had any. He also had knocked away the, the ball at the end there when Denver was trying to lose the game uh, as they were trying to run out the clock when they got the ball back with 37 seconds left. And um, they ran the ball once. Washington took a timeout. Then they decided to throw it and threw an incomplete pass. Then they decided to run it instead of kneeling it, and they ran it and they fumbled. And I mean, and Chase Young caused that fumble. I don't, I, I think people expected Chase Young to come in this year and just dominate every single game, like no player on defense anywhere in the NFL. And that's not realistic because these are all pros going against them. And, and, uh, but he's, you know, he's got to make adjustments to his game. There's no question about it. I think next year is going to be a bigger test for him because he figured out how to be, a disruptor when he is getting double teamed. I think Montrez Sweat is a better pass rusher right now. Mm, I don't think so. I don't think Chase so. Young There's definitely so no reason to be comparing up. him to LT. That's for sure. And he changes well, so many plays that don't show up on the stat sheet. He he's very disruptive player. Very disruptive, Chase Young. Okay. Well, listen. Let's move into um, let, let's move into our wheelhouse. Plax, our, yeah, our wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. We, let's make Tad Thomas some money. We yes. don't want you to give up football yet because you are on a hot streak, my friend. You have found your wheelhouse, which is picking the highest possible spread of the week and then running with it. Yeah, you got to go Bison, with that. Yeah, Bison is now solidly in first place at a lusty three and five after taking the bills minus 13 and a half. Also, we have a winner this week in Pope with the Titans minus one moving to two and six, but unfortunately <laughs> the milk and rooster myself remain at one and seven milk and, rooster, milk and rooster took Cincy minus nine and a half. And I took the reliable world champion Buccaneers minus five, who, Absolutely defecated all over the mattress in New Orleans. <laughs> Disaster. So we we are going to we are going to go to our division leader Bison first, who's on a hot streak. Who you got well, this week? I am going to keep my, uh, my strategy alive. I'm actually going to stick with the Bills. Okay. We're giving ten and a half to the Jags. I think that's the line. Ten and a half right now, I believe. I got that at fourteen. 
Well, let, I'll let take that anyway on. because you know you you <laughs> you laugh at that. Do you know what the double digit um, uh, teams were going into after yesterday? I think they are twenty seven and one in covering the spread with, with the Whoa. Bengals being the one. The Bengals being the one. Yep. So laugh laugh it up. No, no minus like fourteen. You're you're Give locked up. Hope you're also with a win from last week, so you get to pick second. Well, I really want to go with my homer, thinking the Cowboys with eight and a half are going to take it to Denver, but too much uncertainty still with Dak, and I just don't I don't feel good about that game. I do feel good, though, that the Bengals are going to come back. Uh, they're playing since they're playing Cleveland at home. Um, they got every incentive in the world to have a bounce back game, and AFC is just up and down, so they're up and down. Given three and a half, uh, I like Cincy, Joe Burrow, comeback kid, so take Cincy this week. Give we are going to work with my handicapper who's going to be kind enough to give you two and a half. You got this, Pope. Oh, two nice. and a half. Bengals minus two and a half. Uh, Milk, mm. you're good at this. <laughs> Tad, Tad, guys, listen carefully right now. Do you guys remember the uh, Seinfeld episode where uh, George decided to just do the opposite. Yeah. Of yeah. 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 So yeah. when I looked at the lines today, I, I really, really liked Baltimore minus five and a half at home against the Vikings, who we just discussed as a terrible team, but I'm going to go the opposite of that. And I'm going to take the Vikings plus <laughs> five and a half. The Tad Thomas track. I love Baltimore. I'm taking Minnesota. <laughs> I just want to be clear here. That is hilarious. Now you're I really think that's going to confuse Tad. You totally. So now yeah, Tad doesn't know what Tad, to do you've got to take Baltimore. Rooster, what do you Even got? though that's what you wanted. <laughs> so Milk took the Vikings. Okay. I'm taking the Vikings plus right. five and a half. The opposite right. of what right. I like. So in my mind, the, the best pick would be the Bills, but I need to catch Bison because I'm in the toilet here. So I'm taking the Patriots at minus three and a half. Sadly, sadly, I'm going to be circling the drain of the toilet with my fellow SMQB rooster because I also like the Pats at the horrible Panthers. Um, and I, 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 I agree with I agree with Pope. The Pats are coming on strong. I'm also going to take the Pats minus three and a half at the Panthers. So there you have it. We'll be back. Hopefully me and Rooster will have snuck up to two and seven. Um, and those are, those are your Plaxico locks of the week. They're your squad goals. Two and seven. Get your it, bets baby. out there on the Panthers right now. <laughs> well, Pope, you know, last night you had a chance uh, for the Braves to be the first team since 2013 to close out the World Series at home. Yeah, that's right. 2013 is the last time someone won the World Series on their home. That's crazy. Field. It's insane. That is and, a crazy uh, stat. That's a crazy stat. And uh, unfortunately, it uh, it started with a bang and went out with a whimper, huh? It did. I mean, you know, 4-0 in the first inning and places rocking and you're thinking that uh, maybe you've got them on the ropes and you're going to put them away early. Uh, but all credit to the Houston bats. The Braves pitching was amazing over the weekend, keeping those guys down, but they can only do it for so long. I mean, Houston's the best offensive hitting team in the majors this year. And, uh, you know, finally got to the Braves 
bullpen after quite a run uh, of not being able to hit them because, you know, they were getting down to their sixth and seventh pitcher. I mean, you guys realize <laughs> that the Braves back-to-back games started rookies who've never started Major League Baseball games before. Let me repeat that. Rookies who've never started Major League Baseball games before started games four and five for Atlanta. They were they Crazy. won game four, which was an unbelievable comeback in the eighth inning back-to-back home runs. First time that's been done, you know, to go ahead, tie and go ahead in years in the World Series. So um, very tense games and games three and four. Uh, I was there in Atlanta, didn't uh, have the opportunity to go to the game, but enjoyed uh, watching it with my dad and family at home and um, sure was hoping that we would take it last night. So you guys know I like the stats, right? Yes. And I'm not going to do a breakdown of game six and seven because uh, I've been requested to make a give it a little different spin. So here, here's here's the stats. It, it was three to one. And, you know, the stats on three to one, there's been 90 Major League Baseball series postseason that the team had a three to one lead. How many of those do you think the team came back and won when it was 3-1, won the series 4-3? You mean the team? Oh, yeah. you mean 4-1. to one. They, they were down. No, they were down 3-1. They, to one. Down they three came to back one and won. Oh, oh, oh the, how many times out of, the t- team that not, was played? Not just World Series, but Major League Baseball playoffs. I think it's period. 27 times. 14. What? 14 oh, out of right. 90 close. times close. teams were down 3-1. to one. And it's, it's – here's most – recent happened last year against these same Braves in 2020 National League uh, Championship Series. The Dodgers came back after being down three to one. Mm. But then you start going back and it and then you come into some some of the you know World Series that are you know classic World Series 2016. Do y'all remember who played that year? Boston. Nope. It was actually the year that we kind of cemented our text chain. On oh, one that long was the Cubs, evening, the Cubs and the Cubs versus the Indians. Cubs yeah. overcame three to one um, against the I Indians. I didn't know that was three to one. Excuse me, you can't say Indians. Oh right, yeah. sorry. Guardians, Guardians. Uh, you may not be able to say Guardians either, but that's a roller derby well, conversation. FKA, right, that's a different issue. FKA <laughs> Indians, uh, three to one, and you know that marathon game seven. Everybody still talks about. Before that, 1985, and that's when the Royals came back from being down three to one against the Cards. And for all you baseball, you know, nuts out there, there was that game six, Don Deckinger, the the umpire at first base called a Royal safe when he was really out. Replay showed it over and over again, and that cost the cards the series. Before that, 1979. Rooster, what World Series was that? that? I got that one. 79, it was the Yankees Dodgers. No, that's We Are Family, Pirates, Orioles. We Are Family, absolutely. Uh, Pirates came back over the Orioles, 1979. And before that, 1968, World Series, Tigers over Cards. And then 1958, Rooster, when you were headed out to Korea, uh, Yankees (laughs) over Braves. So... Are you saying the series is over? What so, well, yeah, I mean, what's the, uh, it's it's very it's very unusual. Now, here's another stat though that okay. that kind of kind of goes against <laughs> that, right? How many teams have been down three to one, make it even three three, and then lose game? For our seven? listeners under the age of fifty, we, I'll let you know when you can wake up. <laughs> How many full moves during the World Series? No, no. So yeah, two nineteen seventy two was the last time that a team had come back from down 3-1, made it 3-3, and lost game seven. And that was the A's over the Reds. 
And before that, it was cards over the Red Sox. So what I'm saying is that the odds, if you get to game seven and you come back from three to one down, the odds are you are going to win game seven. But that goes against the odds saying that we haven't had a home team celebrate since 2013. So, so the bottom so line is Braves need to no take care. You have clue what's going to happen. Is what Braves need to yeah. take care of business in game six. They do not want to go to game seven, oh. period, end oh. of story. Pope, I have a trivia stat question for you. Oh, yeah. God, how many do we have to? Oh, how, many times, <laughs> how many times? How many times? How many times is the first batter of the World Series to lead off led off with a home run in World Series history? Well, Soler did it, and it happened one other time, I think, just twice. Once, Altuve is the first and only batter in 117 oh. years to lead a World Series off with a home run. Soler did it, in game but he already one. knew the pitch. For the Braves, game one of the of this World Series, Solaire did it. First pitch. Yeah, who batted first? Who batted first? Solaire. Yeah. Then it was Solaire. Oh, oh fast. That was the first time. That was the first time in World Series history. 117 years. All right. Let me so what do you guys you, think? Let me ask you a substantive question here, okay? Astros are winning this thing. So Freed starts game two, gets his shelled. Shelled. Starting game six, mm-hmm. is that an advantage? Does he come back and win that game? Or do the Astros, have they kind of figured him out? Where, where do you go with that? Well, so you got the you got to look at the opposing pitcher. Luis Garcia is starting on three, game, three uh, days rest. Um, he pitched pretty well in game three. Didn't get a decision, ultimately. Um, that was a really close one. So Freed uh, has more rest than Garcia. Freed has been shelled the last two outings before that he was you know one of their aces Shit. um <laughs> so i think that i think oh, wow. i i'm not, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> is so upset about this world series he's, he's upset just, about the phrase he's so he upset so... about the Statistical discussion. He is so over the statistics. He just fucking walked out of the room. <laughs> Not a walkout, gentlemen. Walk off the Jeez. job. Walked off set. And he left. I, he left Larry Zonka hanging. I'm glad. I'm glad that this is going to be six or seven games, which is what I I said in the beginning. At least for the fans, give it six or seven. But something tells me the Astros are going to pull this off. Look, the World Series. If if this goes to seven games. This is over because the well, yeah, there's, so, there's going to be so much. The there's going to be so much pressure on Atlanta. Someone's going to win by then, don't you think? Yeah, yeah after that, it's over. It's definitely wow, over. I'm over saying it's over thank God you Atlanta came back for that hot sports uh, opinion okay. because there's so much more pressure on them. They know that. I mean, for the city, yes. for yes. The, the I mean, you can if this thing goes to game seven, they're done. Who's done? Atlanta. Right. Atlanta baseball. I, t- I tend to there, agree. Is that, is, that, is that Milk's take? What did I miss? I don't know. I mean, you, this team, I think that's, I don't think you could say that to Atlanta. I mean, look what they've overcome this year. These guys are pretty tough team. They're, they're close knit. How many players did they lose? I don't, I don't know. I think they're going to fight to the last out. Look at them I, last I think, night. They wanted I don't to win at home fold. and they couldn't get it done. Yeah. It's hard to win three in a row. The Astros are a good team. Astros. Yeah. yeah. And that's Especially what the Rangers right, so have to do now. You don't have no th- starting pitching. I think manage, managing had a little to do with it, but I'll wait, wait my turn. Who's, who says the Astros are winning this thing, and who says the Braves are winning this thing? So I got Braves in six, still sticking with it. 
I think Braves is Braves in six. Astros okay. come back and complete it. Uh, I, I don't know. I really don't know. It could go. This could really go either way. Well, I like Freed coming sh- back on the mound. Did, did it? Does anybody else besides? I know Pope. You're not going to agree with this because I wouldn't expect you to. You're just too excited, and you should be. But does anyone else agree that this has been an incredibly boring World Series? Oh yes. God, no. Oh God, I just so boring. Analytics are killing four. the game. Games three you know, and four uh, were painful. Games three and four were painful. God, oh, they're, they're awful. They're take, they're they take forever. Let, let, let me just so, tell you why I think it's boring, and you guys can tell me. Uh, so they take forever. Nobody moves now in baseball. I mean, you get a guy on, on second and third the other night, and um, that guy Albies is up, who's not a strong hitter, right? He's a fast guy. He's a singles hitter. He had 30 home runs. He he, all he has to do is hit the ball on the ground to a shortstop and, and the brave score or bunt or something. And he's swinging away and he pops out. I mean, there's just, there's absolutely no hit and run. There's no, you know, there's no starting the runners anymore. There's no bunting. It's terrible. And, and the pitching decisions, um, you know, you're, you're right. Game five, Dylan Lee had his first career start. He recorded exactly one out in the game. The starting pitcher for Houston gives up a grand slam in the first inning and winds up pitching longer in that game than Dylan Lee because they yanked him in the in well, the I, first inning after recording one out. It was Dylan Lee in four and Tucker Davidson in five. Well, whatever. The, the, point. My point is that these it's like pitching by committee. There's there's no design to have the starter go beyond three innings anymore. And then you're bringing in these relievers who you know, have to stare in at the catcher and take forever to get the signs straight. The games are just going on way, way, way too long. And just for some reason, seem like they're extremely boring. And a lot of this would be helped out. Even, even the Braves manager, Snicker agrees. If we just went to a universal DH, so you didn't have to pull out these mediocre pitchers. Well, that's what oh, you're going to so see. So they didn't have to hit. Oh, the collective my. bargaining agreement. Terrible. Yeah. This is the Fucking last awful. If they don't speed hitting. up the game and make it a little more exciting, we are going to be the last generation. Well, I, I think the, shift. The, the bigger the bigger issue with the to me with the World Series, it's not that it's boring, it's that it's just they're starting the games too late. Oh, here we I mean, go. This is this is outrageous that you, that <laughs> these games have to you gotta stay up till 12:30 to watch the World Series. Is there a West Coast bias? Is that what you're saying? Listen, I, I on Friday, you know, on, on a on a Tuesday night game, and you want people to be able to be home from work. That's one thing. But Friday, Saturday, Sunday games, Saturday and Sunday, those games could start at five p.m. East Coast time. Right. There is no reason those games could not start at five o'clock East Coast time. And you know, it's just like everything. It's money, 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 money. They'll, you know, they they don't care that that kids can't stay up and watch that because kids, you know, little kids can't go drive to the store and buy shit that they see on TV. So, you know, that it's just, that's more, uh, a bigger joke about the world series. Than, and, and the than home the plate umpires are horrible calling balls and strikes. Yeah. They're just terrible. I think it's gotten to the point where they need to go to robo. umps. We're going to go to machines. Strikes. I mean, the check swings, they, they, they just, they're get they're basically guessing. And they guess wrong, and then that guy, uh, the one guy for the um, for the Astros who throws that drop ball, um, that's never a strike. 
by the time it gets to the catcher, they call it a strike probably 75% of the time. Unfair to the Braves, in my opinion. Then Dave not gotten that pitch right the two times that this guy started. Might be might be Garcia. So last last little note, and then we gotta we gotta move on on this, but something that that could be really interesting is could the Astros lose two home game sevens in the World Series in a matter of three years. Hope so. That's they could. that could happen. That could happen. That would be really interesting to see them have an op talk about talk about an opportunity lost for a dynasty to lose game seven at home twice. That could happen. So we'll definitely talk more lose about it. Uh, oh, and then and then I hope they all overeat and drink all off season and have to retire because they're all out of shape and tired of cheating. <laughs> Maybe they cheated last night. Rooster, <laughs> let's move away from baseball. We got to talk a little NBA, right? I mean, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, let's uh, let's get it. I hear this. my phone ringing, guys. I got to go. Unlike, oh, here comes, here comes Let me, I, I got to say, it's an important call. Unlike the NFL, the NBA has actually gotten it right and fixed some officiating problems and made made the games more watchable. Um, this decision to limit these fouls on non-basketball moves has made NBA games much more fun to watch now because you don't have all this flailing and flopping and and Trey Young kicking his feet out into defenders and J- James Harden. I mean, we all hated that. House brought that up many times last season. That's gone. And um, I don't know, that may be one of the reasons why James Hard- Harden is struggling this year. I think he's out of shape, too, and that his hamstring Shocker. is worse than they're letting on. But he'll he'll adjust to it, and the game will be better for it. It's a lot more fun to watch this season. Point number two, the East is back, baby. I mean, it's too, too early to extrapolate <sighs> six, seven games. But man, there's some good teams in the East that are not the 76ers or the Bucks right now. Um, and I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. It's the Knicks. Oh. They're good. They're the good. Knicks are good this year. They're scoring They're about bad. 113 points a game. All of a sudden, Tom Thibodeau, who's only new defense, is an offensive coach. They're bombing threes uh, at 48% a game, and they're, they're good. Um, the Bulls are good. The Bulls beat the Jazz uh, just recently. Uh, uh, the Bulls are good. Uh, um, we're getting there. Go we're getting Wizards. The I don't Bullets know why. Good. I don't know why the Wizards are good, but they're five and one. Tell us. Tell us. Why are the Wizards I good? I don't have any I know. clue. I think it's, the, a, totally, I it's a totally different team. Spencer Dinwiddie, totally Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell. guys they got for Sucky Russ are amazing. Yeah. 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 yeah they're yeah, playing great. It is a whole new team. They won a game without Beal in the lineup with those guys. I mean, they're Kuzma, they're playing KCP, well. Harold, Dinwiddie—they're all good on all. No, yep. Montrez Harold too is is like that guy that you want on your team. Like he just is is gonna dunk on you and then tell you what a piece of trash you are. I think he did that last night or two nights ago, whatever it was. I mean, that guy is tough, and he and he's uh, I think he's bringing a little attitude to the Wizards. Yeah. Yeah. So, House, how concerned are you about Embiid's knee? I'm concerned. Uh, Embiid has this pride that the team can get on his shoulders minus Simmons, and he's already playing 
they're, they're sitting him tonight against Portland for the first time. I'm concerned about his load management this year and how much he plays. That's one of the bigger stories. Forgetting about all the stuff we've talked about with punchable stuff with, with Simmons, the load management on Embiid with Simmons not playing is a problem. I, I'm concerned, but not to the point where it's going to prevent him from – if they manage his time, okay, they'll be fine for the playoffs. But the question really is, uh, you know, who are they going to put in at point guard? Uh, Furkan Kork- Korkmaz – and Tyrese Maxey, nice players. They're not true point guards. The biggest story of this year in terms of player movement will be where does Simmons go? Where does Damian Lillard go? And will Bradley Beal move? Will those players right. move? Because it could change the fortunes of these teams. The Sixers are hurting on defense already, though, without Simmons. For sure. Defensively. You think, the, you think Dame's definitely moving? I do. I don't. I don't. He I seems don't know. To be I don't pretty happy. I don't think so. So the the surprisingly s- slow starts to me in the East. Besides, uh, well, the Sixers are actually four and two, but the Bucks are three and four. They just got pounded by the Jazz yesterday. Uh, Giannis looks better than he was last year. His shots better, but his supporting cast is cold right now. It's not. They'll get. They'll turn it around. The Nets would be three and four if they hadn't just played um, the Pistons yesterday. Harden is definitely not right. And who the hell knows what's going on with Kyrie? I think the Nets have some concerns and the Hawks are three and three. I don't, I'm not, you know, maybe they just need to find their way back to last year's form. They didn't, they didn't get hot till the end of the year anyway. But that I rule change is affecting Trey. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. nailed it. I mean, that rule change yeah. is affecting Trey. Yeah. Are the um, Hawks that good or did they get hot last year? I think that's right. a serious question. I think they got really hot at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, and the Celtics are two and four. They're, they're, they're just wildly inconsistent under their new coach, Ime Udoka. Jalen Brown came out on fire in the first game, then was cold as ice, and then came back and his mint was cold again. I think he's still recovering from COVID, and he's, he's not able to go two games in a row with any consistency. And um, they're... Their problem is they they think that Al Horford and Enos Cantor are still young, good players. I mean, they they need their their off season moves were suspect. Um, sure, there's a few other East teams that are hot that I I don't know if you're getting to with the. Well, you mean the, the Heat, Heat and the Hornets? Yeah, the Heat have a very very solid starting five and a thin bench, but. Kyle Lowry was a huge addition to that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, a huge plus. And the Hornets are five and two right now. And uh, LaMelo Ball is playing like a fucking superstar. They'll come he, really, back. he really is the man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, those, 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 those two teams are really super hot. Um, the ones that surprise me right now are the Celtics and the, and the, the Nets. Um, I do think the Bucks are come, come back soon. Um but the Celtics just look like they're all over the place. And so the Nets without, uh, without Kyrie I, or Harden. I think along with the Knicks being good again, I think so are the Bulls. Oh, the Bulls think, are fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Zach like Levine, I said, they Lonzo beat the Jazz. Ball, DeMar DeRozan, you know, Vucevic. That's a nice lineup. The Jazz last yesterday beat the Bucks, uh, 109 to 95. And the game before that, they lost the Bulls. That shows you how well the Bulls are playing. And like I said, the Bulls are five and one. 
in contrast, the West, in my opinion, has two super hot teams right now, uh, the Warriors and the Jazz. And that's it. The rest, you know, are four and two, uh, two teams at four and two, the Nuggets and the Mavs. And let's face it, the Ma- you know, just like I said about the Celtics offseason, what did the Mavs do to help Luka out in the offseason? Not much. Like they hired Jason Kidd, who's well, that good. hurt. Oh, That's no, no, got to no. hurt. He's uh, Carlisle, Carlisle had worn out his welcome. I mean, he but, hadn't done anything for uh, quite a while. Jason Kidd is bringing in a defensive mentality that we did not have. I'm telling you, I'm not saying we're he, going to the Is he finals. teaching Porzingis how to score more than 12 points a game? Well, you got to teach KP to get off the fucking bench because his back but, hurts. I, I mean, but that, does it that, matter? Does, does it matter what any of these teams did in the in the so-called offseason? I don't feel like the NBA even has an offseason anymore, but does it matter? I mean, well, if, if you're the, the Mavs and your only guy is Luca, you need to add to that. Yeah, but that's the thing is, well, these they resigned Tim add, Hardaway, who was, a, but, you know, big time pre agent. But in the NBA, these teams go out and, and by the time, you know, you get to the all star game, half these teams completely turn over as it is. Right. I mean, the way the trades and, and players can get buyouts and, and all that stuff. I mean, teams that have a chance, it's like they use the first couple months of the regular season to figure out what they need, who's playing well, and then they remake their entire team mid-season. Well, the Lakers remade their entire team, and they look the worst for it, in my they're, opinion. They're the LeBron and the old guys. And, yeah, and I, don't think, like I don't think LeBron, Russ, and AD mix. I don't, I just well, we don't know AD good. and Dwight Howard like to mix it up, but wait, they're on the same team. Yeah. Yeah, that was ridiculous. The Lakers look stagnant to me um, on offense, but the Jazz picked up right where they left off last year. Um, They're looking good. And good God, the Warriors still don't have all their guys back. And Steph Curry is playing like an MVP winner right now. Yeah, Warriors. I mean, when they get clay back, which probably midseason, they're going to be they're going to be really tough. Um, here, here's a question, guys. Are y'all buying stock in the Suns this year or not? Oh, oh. two and three right now. They're, they were on in... the precipice. One game from winning the NBA Finals last year. They told DeAndre Ayton basically to yeah. fuck off. So yeah. now he's pissed. Um, yeah, I think the I think the Suns are going to take a step back. I mean, they they already are. It's a long season, but they don't seem to have any of that magic they had last year. Milk, come I on, think it's... give us. Give us your big takeaway, Milk. What do you, what do you got? Uh, uh, <laughs> Lakers Celtics Finals. Yes. You know what? Yeah. One not thing, happening. One thing's I think for sure, over Bill not... Russell this year for sure. <laughs> yeah. I think the Pelicans are so bad that we might see a little Zion movement by the end of the year. That's gonna happen. Zion's out another three weeks. Yeah. Uh, I'm already. I think we already had a little it... text thing about it. Zion. He's yeah. never going to be the same. A bust. I, I, no yeah. way. You're so crazy. Get, but so get what you can get for him now. Yeah. I think it's going to be a cold year in Los Angeles at that Staples Center. I think between the Lakers and the Clips, you can stick a fork yeah. in both of those. Yeah. I think Kawhi the best years for, are gone by. And Kawhi's there's no timetable on his return. Yeah. What's his I mean, injury? Leg. Leg. Yeah, it was a knee last year. What is this? A hockey? Yeah. A hockey uh, lower injury. body, like, lower, lower, lower body, body injury. Injury. lower <laughs> extremity, <laughs> leg. The fact that Howard's the... still in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, he's God. I think the NBA he's getting ready the for NBA, a professional wrestling career afterwards. The, the NBA is 
is fun, but it's on the precipice of, of turning into a reality TV show where, where all the, the outside off the court stuff is more interesting than what happens on the court with all the trades with the guys demanding trades with the, the so-called superstars joining up with each other because they forced their way out of contracts. Um, less drama, more, more basketball, please. Let's, let's focus on the basketball. We talked about it last year that as, as uh, LeBron was getting a little long in the tooth that all these young guns were coming on. And I think the NBA really remains in really solid, good hands. There's yep. a, there's yep. a lot of parody, a lot of young players that are really, really fun to watch. And that makes it a lot more interesting than just a dominant player taking over f- for eight years. If you want to see a fun game, wa- watch game one, Knicks versus Celtics. That game was so exciting. Uh, it was like a playoff game. Yeah. If you can watch that game and say that wasn't fun, then you don't like basketball. Yeah. Well, quick takeaways then, guys. Who do you have in your uh, finals? Mm. Rooster, who's winning it all? If the Bucks can get their act together, to me, Giannis looks better this year than he did last year. They'd have to be the favorite coming out of the East, even though you could, you can't tell from the way they're playing right now. Um, I'd go. I'd put my money on the Bucks right now, coming out of the East, and maybe the Jazz again. But I don't know. The Jazz are soft. Warriors. Maybe I'd go with the Warriors. And the winner, Bucks. Oh, well, back I got to back. Bucks and six. Back to back. Wow. I got Bucks oh. and Sixers. Bucks and Sixers. And Warriors and Jazz, and I got Warriors with the comeback over the Bucks. Steph is going to do it again this year. I was going that was going to be one of my predictions is that Pope will again be a Warriors fan by the end of this. Year. <laughs> <laughs> He's already starting. There it was. I think. First I think. I think the Sixers are going to be wearing get the a jersey help. next time. <laughs> yeah, I think the Sixers are going to get the help that they need. They're going to take on a uh, a Bucks team that is uh, still living off the fumes of last year. I think the Sixers will be okay, but I think it'll be a great finals versus the Jazz. I think the Jazz are for real. And um, I don't know. I'll hold off on my final prediction, but I think Sixers-Jazz make the finals. If Trey Young can get his, if Trey Young could get his act together, that team could seriously challenge the Sixers and the Bucks. They have a strong team with Collins, Bogdanovich, DeAndre. Gallinari, Hunter, Cam Red. I mean, that's a strong team. And I do think the, the Knicks are going to go farther in the playoffs this year, too. They have much more balanced scoring. So this is going to come as no surprise, but uh, I am not a fan of Philadelphia sports teams. Um, <laughs> however, the Sixers do occupy a little soft spot in my heart. And uh, I think it would be a real travesty if Embiid never won a championship. And and um, unfortunately, at this point, I think that's where it's going. I think that they're they've made such a mess of that franchise and his his health. Uh, so I, I sort of I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I sort of want to see the Sixers succeed and 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 do well. But um, I really don't have any fucking clue what's going to happen in the East this year. So, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and I am going to say the Washington Wizards. boy. Let's do it. Wow. And, and uh, they're going to take on the other dubs 
uh, Golden State, but Wes Unsell Jr. won't won't quite have it in his first year. Won't be able to pull it out, and uh, Golden State wins it. He's a good coach. I like him. Doing seems to be doing well so far. So yep. the, the early yep. returns look good. Mm-hmm. So here comes well, the, the season. Losing I'm, I'm glad we're gonna. I'm <laughs> glad we're gonna be talking to NBA this year. Um, and very soon now, uh, a lot more than we were. So that's good stuff. I'm totally excited about that. <laughs> yeah. hey, I, I missed your pick, Milk. That's good. I said it's Lakers Celtics. The magic. <laughs> Lakers Celtics. Lakers Celtics. But you know, it actually could end up being the Lakers Celtics. I mean, you I'm know, but, stranger things have happened. Right. Right. Pat Riley, you never know. I'm rooting yeah. for all of y'all's teams. Thanks, Bill. So nice. Wow. I mean, so nice. maybe not the Sixers, but <laughs> <laughs> on brand. On brand. Oh God. All right. Well, let's uh Let's move away from the NBA and uh, let's get our punchable face of the week in here. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Cool J with a triumphant comeback. But tonight, don't call it a comeback. Rooster, what do you got? Well, I'm going to have to revisit. Roger Goodell. Oh, um, good. Ah, I good. You know, I'm it's sorry, but you know, somebody else. No, the the I think I think we Call ought to talk Rob. about this Kyle Beach story next week after everything settles down. But uh, you know, Roger Goodell is the the puppet of these oligarchs who run the NFL. And after all that stuff came out, and the women involved came out and said, "Really, we really want you to release the p- report." Roger Goodell's response was, you know, I, I think we we looked into this and we did enough. We fined Snyder $10 million. And oh, by the way, some of these complainants at the time wanted anonymity. Well, yeah, of course they did when they made the complaints. Now they're saying they want the report released. And oh, by the way, have you never heard of redacting a person's name when you when you issue a report? The problem is there was never a report. They buried the whole concept of a report. And the reason we know that is Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders, came out and broke that story and said he urged the uh, NFL to produce and release a report. Not release the report, but produce and release it. Um, the reason Goodell's not going to come out in favor of that is obvious as, as can be based on what we now know is his earnings. Since 2019, he's he's well, he signed in 2019 a $200 million contract to be their bitch. Now he's not going to go turn around and then and take a position adverse to the owners after making that kind of money. He's just he's made $128 million just in the last two years from the owners. He's he's out. I mean, it's never coming from Goodell. He's a wuss. He's he's a weak. Um, Casper milk toast of a commissioner, and and it's an, it's a real embarrassment. I think it's a black eye on on the NFL, and the people like Jerry Jones are going to run the NFL forever. He's a he's a tone deaf liar about this issue. He came out and said, you know, the the uh, all of the owners were on the same page and were very satisfied with how the NFL handled it. And then Mark Davis walks out into the 
lobby of the same hotel where they're having the owners meeting and says, no, they never asked me about it. I think they should produce and release a report. The NFL is stupid for underestimating this mess because now Congress is getting involved. They've announced their intention to open up hearings. This is not going to go away. There are going to be more lawsuits filed. Gruden is about to file a lawsuit over this. Well, who said that? I said that last week, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did. It's, it's, they're stupid. They're tone deaf and stupid, and they all should be punched in the face, particularly Goodell. I mean, have, have a little bit of integrity. At, le- at least pretend you're investigating this. He's, he's not even trying. Guys I agree. I mean, punch it. I, I, I'm, you know where I am on this. Release the report. Get Dan Snyder out. Blow it all up. Um, it's, it's, it's awful. It we is need some just transparency. Awful. Really need some transparency on this. There's yeah. not even a report in existence. I know. We, we, we talked about that when that report came out. So Tanya Snyder, her latest, because she thinks she's smart. Apparently, oh. her latest press leak was well you know dan doesn't even have an email account i wonder where she got that strategy from <laughs> he doesn't use email the old yeah right have an email account. yeah yes. so none of those six hundred fifty thousand emails are dan's <laughs> right right yeah. right uh. all right well yeah no no question goodell deserves it so the whole nfl as far as i'm concerned can take a punch in the face fuck them assholes it's not a long year, buddy. What are you yeah. going to be doing next Sunday, Bison? <laughs> going to be a long year. <laughs> next Sunday, there's a race. Yeah, Mexico City. Yeah. Mexico City. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, happier, happier I'll times. I'll take Max. <laughs> Let's, um, <laughs> You're not happier up. times. We got a Ted Lasso. House. We're going to salute uh, a player that we don't normally talk very much about this sport, certainly not on this podcast. And unfortunately, it's not something that occupies a lot of space on national network television. But you all know that the greatest honor that a player can have when they take the soccer pitch is to wear the storied number 10 kit. because That means you're the best player on your team. And uh U.S. women's national soccer is retiring uh, or retiring from the sport is the greatest number 10 to to have ever worn and may may have ever worn for uh, any women's soccer team anywhere in the world. Carly Lloyd retired from international competition. She's uh, playing right now in a U.S. women's soccer league, continues her farewell tour. But for those young girls who started interest in soccer anywhere within the last 10 to 15 years, odds are that their hero, that their model, that the example they followed was Carly Lloyd. She is one of the most storied athletes in U.S. history, certainly for women's athletics. She appeared in 316 appearances for the U.S. women's team. She has two FIFA Women's World Cup medals, 2015 and 2019, two Olympic gold medals for 2008, 2012. She has the second most appearances of any player, only behind uh, her teammate and world record holder, Christine Lilly. 
she is only behind Christine Sinclair, Abby Wambach, and Mia Hamm on the all-time global list for international goals. She is the only player to have ever scored a Women's World Cup final hat trick. You guys may remember that. And she has the distinction when she scored recently in a U.S. women's national team game of being the oldest player to ever score at 39 years and 67 days old. She has 47 appearances at major tournaments, more than any other U.S. player, having participated in every World Cup since 2007 and every Olympics since 2008. And get this, since her 30th birthday, she has scored almost 100 goals in her 30s, which is pretty incredible. And in all of that span, since the time she started 17 years ago, in 17 years as an international player, this is this astounded me. She has a total of 17 defeats. Um, she's been on every imaginable FIFA Women's World Cup, All-Star Team, Dream Team, Silver Boot, Golden Ball, Goal of the Year, Player of the Year. She has all of the accolades and is deserving of it. But more than that, she's just an incredible person off the field as well. She is um, a motivational player for so many young girls. She's locally here. She's just from across the river in Delran, New Jersey. Locally here, she's a superstar. And uh, I really hope that when ESPN does their celebration of end of the year and just various uh, sports illustrated person of the year. I hope that Carly Lloyd gets the, the, the really credit that she's due for an incredible, incredible career. So our Ted Lasso is really to celebrate the career of maybe one of the best all-time women's soccer player in the world, and certainly in the United States, Carly Lloyd. And so appropriate that it's a soccer award. For sure, Ted Lasso. Yeah, Ted Lasso. You know, I I, did, I learned something today. I didn't know number ten was reserved for the best player. Um, as I recall, even Mia Hamm was not number ten. Who else has been ten for the women? Oh, I'm not sure who else has been ten for women. She's worn it again for like the last seventeen years. But you know, that was the Diego Maradona, Lionel Messi, everybody today. You know. Once you're once you're the you're the best player on the on the on the pitch, that's the number that you're most likely going to get. Hmm. I don't know. So Carly Pele. Lloyd will, uh, I think, will forever be associated with with number ten for women's soccer for the U.S. women's national team. It'll be interesting to see who gets it next. By the way, Good Ted one. Lasso had to be the number one Halloween costume this year. Yeah, right. for sure. I right. saw it everywhere. Right. Is that personal uh, Dr. Schatz uh, info right there? <laughs> Dr. Schatz. <laughs> saw a little bit of it. <laughs> All right, Rooster, before we get out of here, you got something you got to you gotta pour one out? Yeah, let's let's uh, raise a glass to uh, Jerry Remdog Remy, who played second base for the Red Sox, or as he would say, the Red Sox, and then became an announcer for them and was just an iconic fixture in new england doing red sox games he was very well loved and uh just he just cracked me up my son and i would watch yankees red sox games together just for the comedy of listening to jerry remy's ridiculous accent where he added r's to words that didn't have an r like dustin pedroyer and then didn't put an r on there where he would say 
Dustin Pedroyer took his cat to the pack. Um, <laughs> but he was just really a funny, funny guy. Um, I, you probably saw when the Yankees and the Red Sox had their one game play in this year, they brought him out onto the field before the game and he had the oxygen. He's, he has lung, he had lung cancer and died yesterday from it. So, uh, great, funny guy, uh, super popular in new England. Uh, rest in peace, Jerry. Here's to Jerry. Here's to Jerry. To Jerry. Rim Sky, what's it?